Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Three Course Politics Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Hills. And even though the coronavirus is still going on, we are bringing you another episode of Three Course Politics. We are just that dedicated, and we have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing uh, all that much, so might as well record some podcasts, keep you people informed. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit of Trump and Biden. We're going to go into the coronavirus update on where we are in some of the states. For our uh, life during, or life under lockdown, we're going to talk about uh, some crazy foods we've had. And for dessert, we're going to talk about the CARES Act that was just passed in Congress and President Trump signed on Friday. Before we get into any of that, have you subscribed to the Three Course Politics podcast? Please do so now. It will help you get our episodes quicker. You don't have to look through them in your Apple um, or wherever you get your your, your uh, podcasts. It will just pop up on your screen as it's being downloaded, and you can listen that much easier. So please, please, please give us a subscribe a su- subscription. It really helps us out. Yeah, uh, you're listening right now. You can pause us. You can hit the subscribe button, and you'll be good to go forever. Yeah, it's only it's a one time thing. You hit it one time. And then you're done. So, and thank you for subscribing. <laughs> um, so Hills, we got a jam-packed episode. Anything else you want to uh, talk about before we uh, get started? No, I think uh, I think you're all going to appreciate the quiz question, which is probably actually pretty hard. So I hope you're ready for that. And that is coming up next. <laughs> I have a very hard quiz question for you today. So your question is, how much more is the CARES Act, so that's the big bill that just got passed by Congress uh, to combat the coronavirus and other things, how much more is the CARES Act than that of the original approved amount of the Troubled Asset Relief Fund passed in response to the 2008 financial crisis okay so how much more is the thing that just got passed by congress called the cares act more than the original approved amount of the troubled asset relief fund it's also called tarp if you've uh pay attention to that all the the politics of 2008 it's called tarp um how much more is the act that was just passed than the original approved amount of tarp that is your question today. Uh, the answer will surprise you, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hills, is it fair to say that another way to look at this question is how much more money was Trump able to get than Obama was ever able to get? Um, one could. <laughs> one could. <laughs> uh, how fast do the Republicans give more money when there's a white man in charge is the other ah. Well, I yes. think the answer will surprise our listeners. So stay tuned for the end of the episode when that answer will be given. Okay, welcome to your appetizer. For your appetizer, we're going to talk about Trump and then a little bit about Biden. And then uh, some Trump versus Biden as we talk of uh, the, the election in 2020. And we'll end with some primary stuff. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So, Trump's approval ratings uh, right now and why they are going up. So, currently, 
Trump's average approval rating is about 47.3, with a disapproval of about 49.3. You might think to yourself, that's pretty high for a country that is going through a horrible virus, a pandemic that could definitely have been uh, not avoided, but has been uh, the impacts felt less if Trump had done some different things. So why are his poll ratings going up? Well, there's a couple of, of reasons. Um, one is America tends to have a rally around the flag effect. Hills, what does that mean when, if you rally around the flag? Well, that usually means in a time of national crisis that the country that people usually stick to, you know, even if they don't like the president in charge, they are pretty high on the country winning in some respects. So they, you know, they rally around their country and their leaders and, you know, uh, usually who's ever in power, even if they're bad or good, usually gets a bump. Right. A great example of this is George W. Bush. After 9-11, I mean, he had approvals in the 80s, maybe even higher than that. In the high 90s, uh, George H.W. Uh, Bush during the war was also very, very big. If there's a war going on or a national crisis, the president usually sees a bump. Obama during Sandy, um, during Hurricane Sandy and that kind of stuff, he was up in, in the 70s. So you usually see a rally around the, the, the flag effect. The other thing Trump has done recently is he uh, signed in the Defense Production Act, or as he like to say, he invoked P. Uh, Hills, can you r- remind us what invoke P means? Uh, invoke P. <laughs> so the Defense Production Act enables the government to mandate that things are produced in the matter for national security. It's Trump signed the, Na- the Defense Production Act weeks ago, but has not used it yet. So in a tweet on March 27th uh, at 11.16 a.m., Trump tweeted, quote, As usual with this General Motors, things never just never seem to work out. They said they were going to give us 40,000 much-needed ventilators very quickly. Now they're saying it will only be 6,000 in late April, and they want top dollar. Always a mess with Mary B., who's the CEO. And then invoke, quote, P., and then, <laughs> and then three minutes later, at 11.29 a.m., he wrote, Invoke P means Defense Production Act. Oh, what? God. <laughs> what, the, what, uh, <laughs> what about DPA, right? What's oh. P? And, like, he's just tweeting, like, Invoke P. Like, from his Twitter, like, he's the king, and he's like, I'm invoking P. Just get to your fucking desk and do it. Jeez. You know, it's almost like it's almost like he thinks that there's someone who's constantly watching his Twitter, and when he says invoke P, people are like, "Oh God, guys, President said invoke P. Come on, go, 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 go." It doesn't work that way, you dumb idiot. He invoked <laughs> P. Oh no. <laughs> um, it's yeah, really unbelievable. I just, I just invoke P is probably the, the other than Kofefe, which is you know. Him, you know, tw- uh, tweeting while stroke. he's half asleep, right? Invoke P was probably one of the most, you know, he's saying terrible and horrible shit before, but this is probably the most craziest thing he's probably tweeted. Uh, yeah. He's president of the United States, and he's tweeting like a 15-year-old. <laughs> Invoke P. Oh, good Lord. This probably also has to do with the fact that um, these news conferences that he's having daily – they, you know, they see the president up there. He's talking. He's invoking P, um, and 
you know, the country, majority of the country probably hasn't uh, felt the effects of COVID or they're very uninformed. Josh, can I, um, um, I was just looking at the, the polls on Real Clear Politics about the, the uh, there's another tab about coronavirus approval. Trump's approval mm-hmm. has steadily went up and that's when he started appearing at these press conferences every day. Before, if you remember correctly, he had Pence do them and he wasn't up there. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. he started doing them every day, I think his approval started to go up. Yeah. So, you know, these news conferences and when and when the president says, we're doing fine, it's not a big deal. You know, we're going to be open by Easter. Um, people are going to feel okay about it. And, you know, when, they think, when, when he, he gets to lie up there for an hour, an hour and a half, and no one is going to openly fact check him on it. You know, he puts down reporters, this and that, but no one actively uh, fact-checks him on that. So those are the reasons why we're probably seeing Trump's approval rating right now. But as this pandemic goes on, I think you are going to start to see his poll numbers dip. It's important to remember that Trump being in the 50s or the high 40s or the high 50s in a time of a national crisis is very, very low historically for where most presidents should be during a time like this. Yeah, I completely um, I completely agree. I mean, it's a blip. It's going to be a blip. I, I yeah. fully agree with Josh that this is going to be a blip, and it's because um, more people, if you're if you're in the middle of the country, yeah, you've heard about it, but the de- between density and between maybe some staying home, you haven't felt this in your daily life. This is something that happened in New York City. Um, but right. you, they will feel it, and then they're going to realize how bad the president is. Right. So things to look forward to with um, Trump's approval rating, things to watch, is if you look around a lot of his um, state polls, like his own team has him down a lot in, in Michigan. Right? And Michigan is a battleground state. He was up there criticizing the governor of Michigan. He said that woman in Michigan, like she's a secretary or something. Um you know, so, you know, that's big for him, that he's down in Michigan in his own, in his own, like, internal team poll, so that he's down in Michigan. Um, the other thing, Hills, uh, that uh, I think we want to highlight is uh, Dave Wasserman, who we are big fans of here on the pod. We love ourselves some Dave Wasserman. He tweeted out um, <clears throat> this morning, uh, I guess it was just after midnight. He said, in the past three days, the COVID-19 U.S. death toll has doubled, but Trump won counties' share of all deaths has actually fallen from 19 to 17% as toll in New York, New Jersey, and Detroit has surged, right? Trump won counties make up 45% of the U.S. population. So if 45% of the U.S. population where Trump won that county is actually seeing death tolls fall, People are going to think he's doing a great job. The problem becomes, as this pandemic goes on, are those rural counties going to see death tolls start to go up, or will they see them start to fall? And if they go up, you can be sure that Trump's approval ratings will go way down. Yeah, I think that's a very important point, and this only accelerates the partisan divide here, where you have 45% of the country... But then, and the deaths of COVID, which are about you know two thousand ish, only and and seventeen percent of those deaths only come from Trump counties. That means they're not feeling it, right? There, then that's partially why approval is probably really high for him. Um, 
you know, this this is exacerbated by the political decisions that Trump makes. There is a Washington Post uh, story, which I will link in the show notes as well, um, that Massachusetts received 17% of the requested medical supplies from the Trump administration, and Maine received only 5%. Uh, Colorado received only one day's supply worth. Meanwhile, Florida got everything they requested, an identical shipment the next week, and it is expecting a third shipment. Now, Florida is definitely growing in cases, but guess where the president needs to win in November? Florida. Florida. So this is this is playing out where you're seeing some of these these states that are important to Trump uh, get more medical supplies because he's driven by his own personality and he's actually ignoring states that won't vote for him anyway and giving mm-hmm. them less medical supplies so they're less prepared. Can you believe that? I mean, that's that's really truly unbelievable. It really is. I mean, people are dying, and the fact that he's playing favorites is just—it's heartbreaking, really. We need and, an investigation but, you know into everything. You know what else? It shouldn't be surprising though, because he obviously plays favorites with his kids. You know, I mean, uh, Ivanka gets whatever she wants, and Eric gets nothing. So, you know, he's used to playing favorites. <laughs> he hates Eric. No, he probably hates <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the general election. Um, so this blip could impact him more as we start to see his, his approval ratings drop if uh, the virus and the pandemic continues to go on. Um, in recent matchups, uh, have uh, Biden over Trump in some very big areas. So Biden appears to be winning uh, very big in uh, Michigan, which is great for Biden. Uh, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin are both very, very close. Uh, Trump's internal poll has um, he has it has Trump up four in Wisconsin and two in Pennsylvania. So that tells you that probably Pennsylvania is uh, maybe Biden up one, but it's pretty close, and Wisconsin's probably tied. So if Biden wins Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, as you've said multiple times on this pod, and he holds all the states that Hillary won, then Biden is the, the president. So the fact that it's so close in those three counties says that Biden has a legitimate shot at winning those. It doesn't even take into account Arizona or Georgia or North Carolina or maybe even Florida or Ohio. Uh, you know, Biden has a legitimate uh, chance here based on these early polls and as the pandemic goes on, because it's nowhere near being done, as it goes on and, 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 and it worsens, Trump's response and Biden's response will be very important to watch. Well, Biden's going to be the only presidential one up there. As it... Well, that's very true. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, Hills, how should Biden respond? So Biden, Biden needs to do more town halls. I mean, obviously, his visibility has gone down. He can't do rallies. The primaries are taking a backdrop, you know, to the whole coronavirus, understandably. Um, So he needs to get out there. He needs to be he needs to remind the American people not only what he and he did a good town hall the other night about what on CNN about what is different from Trump, but how he would respond as a leader. Right. That's what people need to know what he's going to be doing. Um, He needs to uh, have more social media, more ads, social media events. He needs to really figure out he needs to pioneer a way of campaigning digitally in an age where you can't go outside as a candidate. 
um, even though he's really good at, at retail politicking, which is going and shaking hands with people. Um, and he needs to be presidential above all else. You know, all the anti-Trump stuff is phenomenal. His campaign is producing really great anti-Trump ads. But he also needs to do anti-Trump pro-Biden ads. He, people need to know why they're voting for him, not just because they hate Trump. Right? There needs to be another part in the equation. I really hope his team re- remembers. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into the primary talk, uh, I'm going to toss out a theory to everyone. Um, Hills has loved this theory. Um, it's a little bit far out there, but um, as I explain, I hope that I will convince you that I am sure this is going to happen. You all better so take here's... a seat and strap yourself in. <laughs> Make sure you put that seatbelt on because it's going gonna, it's gonna to jostle you. I want to hear let's, the click. Let's, let's I want to hear the little click. <laughs> so... Here's my theory about the Trump ticket in 2020. I theorize that Trump in the upcoming months, uh, definitely before the Republican National Convention, which is in August, I think he's going to dump Pence and bring up Nikki Haley as his vice president. Here's why. Trump thinks that the coronavirus is getting better, which, which it's not. He has already said that he takes no responsibility for what's happened. He said that openly in the press conference. He takes no responsibility. Of course. So when <clears throat> Trump decides he wants to open up the economy again, there are going to be Republican governors that follow him. The re- Republican governor of Mississippi has already said a uh, he signed a, an executive order that states that he is going to override the individual counties and mayors' decisions for social distancing and for being under lockdown. Okay, he's overriding those. There are other Republican governors that follow him blindly that will just open up their states. When that happens, you're going to see once again a huge spike in the number of cases. Because it's stupid. You shouldn't open up the the economy just yet. Right? When when those spikes happen, the, the media and his people are going to want someone to blame. Trump won't take any responsibility. He already said that he won't take any responsibility. So who's the director of the the task force? Mike Pence. Who is he going to put all the blame on? Mike Pence. He's going to drop Mike Pence and give him to the sacrificial wolves as someone who didn't do enough to prevent the coronavirus. And he's going to bring on Nikki Haley to combat Joe Biden's pick of a woman vice president. So I think you will see a Trump-Haley ticket in 2020. Well, Josh, you have, what, three weeks to four weeks to see if this comes true, right? Yeah, just about, yeah. I hope it does. Well, actually, I'm not sure if I hope it does. (laughs) Um, I hope it it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. I I would not be surprised if it does happen. That is quite a theory. That's my theory. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, copywriting it right now. And we'll see what happens. You but heard it here first. Heard it here first. You heard it here. Um, let's quickly talk about the primary 2020 before we enter into our entree. Um, you need 1,991 delegates uh, in order to get the uh, nomination for the, the Democratic Party. Uh, Biden currently is at 1,217. Bernie Sanders is somehow still uh, in the race with 914. 
The next big, uh, the next primary in general is Ho is Hawaii, which is April fourth. But we won't be getting those results until May. Uh, the next big primary is April twenty eighth, when Ohio, with one hundred and thirty six um, delegates, goes and votes. But the big thing to keep in mind here is June second. June second, you have about eleven states. That's uh, very similar to the number of states that you had on Super Tuesday, the original Super Tuesday. Uh, June 2nd, you're going to have uh, a bunch of states go and uh, have their primary. The big prizes are Maryland, which is 96 votes, New Jersey, 126, and Pennsylvania, 186. Um, as recently as yesterday, New York decided that they were going to postpone their primary till June 23rd. So this thing could drag on until really the end of June. Um, we're hopeful that uh, COVID does not cause more states to postpone their primaries, but it is possible. The problem for the Democrats is if you keep postponing it but so long, the, the DNC has their convention uh, July 13th. So the DNC is going to need time before then to really get people together. Hopefully coronavirus is, not, is no, no longer affecting uh, countries by then, so we can have our big... Uh, DNC convention where Biden gets the, the nomination and then off we go to the races. But keep a watch out for other states that are postponing their primaries. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. New York changed. So New York has a federal primary. So the state primary was April 28th. And they also have a separate federal primary to reduce turnout because I don't I don't know. This New York. Um, on June 23rd, so New York changed it to one date, which they could have just changed everything to one date. Whatever the case, I think you're right. I think the other thing we might just see is that, you know, when does Bernie drop out? Does he really wait until New York at the last second, or does he drop out way before that? And New York is just a ceremonial last pick. Um, because I think for Bernie, if you don't have a state until May, I mean, what's the point at this rate? Like, why are you still doing this? Like, you can't campaign, you can't campaign anyway. So... No, um, I know. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, the Biden campaign can do more than one thing at once, right? They can go and yeah. write a DNC platform while knowing they're going to be the apparent winner. But yeah, it just it just takes longer. And, you know, really depends on what Bernie Sanders wants to do and how he wants to get out of the race. Absolutely. All right. That was your uh, appetizer and your entrees. Come on next. <laughs> Welcome everyone to your entree, and the entree is going to be all focused about uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, mostly in the United States, but first we are going to give you an update about what's happening everywhere. Uh, in total, around the world, according to world meter we have had 683,000 coronavirus cases with 32,155 deaths, and so that is globally. Of those cases, apparently 146,000 have recovered. Um, again, these numbers, I mean, these are reported cases. There could have been people who had this and didn't know it, people who had it and didn't report. So um, we have almost, we're approaching, we're approaching a million, and we're approaching it very steadily here. Um, and in the United States, uh, currently we have 123,828 cases. We have surpassed... China's numbers, even if you don't believe China's numbers, we are likely close to their, you know, numbers if you think they hide, hit everything. 
or we have exceedingly beat them because we are number one and we the best, right? We always the best. <laughs> We're number one. Um, unfortunately, we have had 2,231 deaths. These are people who just weeks ago were alive, healthy, living, and because we didn't act fast enough. You know, 2,200 people, lives just shattered, which is really unfortunate. Um, in uh, And, you know, we've had, a, a, according to Wordometer, we've had 3,238 people recovered. So we're getting people who have recovered from it, at least the reported cases who have recovered. So we, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, we have exponential increase in states like New York and New Jersey as hotspots, um, but also New Orleans and Chicago are becoming hotspots as well. Um, you know, and the, the thing is, we're not doing enough testing nationwide. We know, like, yes, New York is doing testing, but there have been multiple people, I've read reports in New York Times and others, that they have been sick and clearly have COVID-19 but they cannot waste tests on them because they're not high risk enough. Even still, months later after Trump said anyone who wants a test can get a test. That is just not true. So the 123,000 we have in the United States is probably close to 200,000 because of just underreported cases and people not being able to get tests. And in cases like New York, yeah, we are testing a lot. But in states like Florida, Texas, New Jersey, Illinois, we just are not testing enough people, so we have no idea how many people have this. We are flying blind, and that's concerning. It's really concerning because we can't tackle a problem unless we know how how wide of the scope it is. Um, you know, Trump is just putting up a, a CDC guidance today to avoid New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut because we there are a lot of there's high density here, so that's you know not helpful to combating a virus, obviously. Um, Josh, do you want to say anything before I get into the New York updates? No, I think uh, you covered it well. I think um, you know just the amount of testing that we that we still are lacking on, and we we've made significant improvements in our testing, but the amount that we're just lacking is just you know it's astonishing, and um, you know the people who have who, who have died, it's just it's sad, and it's it, it you know a lot of this could have been avoided. Not saying that. Um, we weren't going to have any deaths, but it seems like a lot of this could have been avoided uh, with someone who took this more seriously or was more competent at the, at the head of the I completely uh, agree. Ticket, so. And, you know, to give you a little bit of hope, there just came out the other day that there is now a new 15-minute test um, by the company Abbott. Uh, I don't know it, how widespread it's going to be. It's going to take time to ramp up production, obviously get this to places, but... If you have these in doctor's offices or urgent clinics or ERs everywhere, they can diagnose you quickly. I mean, it's just the scale of getting this up to getting this in everyone's hands and getting a big supply of it. Because the more you test, the better you know where people are and the more you can do to combat this and get back to normal life. That's the big thing. It just takes a little bit of effort and we can get back to normal life soon. We can. <laughs> it's possible. So New York, New York, New York. Uh you have probably heard a lot about this. We are not doing the best right now. <laughs> New York City has emerged, New York City especially, has emerged as a hot spot uh, in the country, largely because we didn't have enough tests. And just, you know, we are the largest city in the country. It's just sheer density. Yeah, you've been to New York. You just know that everyone's on top of each other, and that is not helpful to stopping a virus anywhere in the world. So 
Um, it just happens that it's a new, unique city in the United States that has that density problem. Uh, we have about 53,000 cases, a little bit more than that. Um, 883 people in the city have died. These are not just older people. These are people of a lot of different ages, um, you know, middle age, older. Um, we're, we account for almost half of the United States total count, uh, total confirmed reported count. So that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, the governor, Governor Cuomo, expects the peak to be in the next two to three weeks, which, you know, hospitals are already struggling right now. But uh, New York is taking steps to prevent that. Cuomo has been doing a great job of keeping everyone aware and informed and trying to contain this situation. His press conferences are a must uh, for any governor or any elected official. Just they're honest. They're upfront. He's <laughs> in his one of his PowerPoints. He put like he saw people playing basketball, I guess, when he was looking, he was touring places to make sure people were quarantined and then in his powerpoint he put no bb like bb in capitals i'm like and, and we were like why didn't he just spell out basketball he has the, he had a lot of space to spell out basketball he put no bb no bb uh <laughs> but he's doing pretty well with the press conferences he's admitted to mistakes he's made but you know this is an evolving situation that people are going to make mistakes but it's good to have a, a leader who kind of you can get that he's in charge and knows kind of where what he's doing, or at least he shows that. Um, we're making a lot more beds and we're scaling up. There are a bunch of uh, special uh, beds that are being made all around the state. Um, there's like four or five thousand additional hospital beds to take coronavirus patients out from hospitals and put. I'm sorry to keep coronavirus patients in hospitals, but take people who need to go to the hospital for another reason and take them out of the hospital setting. So you kind of like removing them from being infected and being with everyone else. So you are, are giving hospitals less strain. Where additional, I think there's another 4,000 beds coming. So we're trying to scale up and helps to prevent as many uh, bad situations as possible. Um, and ventilators uh, are largely a big need because Trump didn't prepare at all. We could have had enough ventilators by now. If Trump did the National Production Act in February, we could have had like at least 10,000 ventilators, which would have been better than nothing at this point and had the production line going. Like, again, his dragging his feet has only made getting back to normal life much, much harder. And, um, you know, we just need people to stay at home. Um, and there are a lot in New York City who are, but there's just not enough who are. Um, you know, people just need to stay at home. And the fact is, the sooner we do this, the sooner we're going to get back to normal. It's plain and simple. So that's a New York update. Not great, but we're trying to do as much stuff in the state to prepare for the influx and show as a model for other states about what they need to do to contain this when it comes to them. Yeah, well, that, that's a great update, Hills, on um, New York. And now we're going to talk about Maryland. So Maryland, this is some breaking news. and I don't know. It hasn't been updated on World of Meter. Uh, but a person that I follow um, on Twitter in uh, they're, they're called the the Moco Show, which is the Montgomery County Show. Um, they have different they have different numbers. So Rolometer officially has has nine hundred ninety two cases in Maryland with uh, ten deaths. The death rate doubled um, yesterday with an outbreak and an, in a um, elderly uh, community. In Northern Maryland, uh, there was a horrible outbreak of coronavirus there last night. You had 67 people who were tested for positive for coronavirus. We had 11 who were sent to the hospital. 
Um, so the death rate doubled in Maryland overnight um, from 5 to 10. However, um, according to uh, the MoCo show, they are reporting that we, there, there are now 1,239 confirmed cases in Maryland. Um, I'm going to go with their numbers because they are directly talking about Maryland. So 1,239 cases in Maryland. The hardest hit area is Montgomery County, which is the largest county in Maryland, with 301 cases, followed by Prince George's County, the second largest county, with 247 cases. Um, they say that there have been 12,354 negative test results, which is good. Um, you have 277 people that are, that are being hospitalized, and 39 people have been released from isolation. So it seems like so far, the, the majority of the cases in Maryland don't require hospitalization, but um, you know that number could definitely go up. Um, if you talk about Maryland, um, Governor Hogan has actually been very, very good on this topic. He's been one of the leading governors um, in the states, and as, as I joke with Hilsey constantly, I'm on the Hogan train now. So, um. Oh, Josh, <laughs> I think you're inching closer and closer. Uh, no, but Hogan's done a really good, nice job. He said Maryland will not reopen by Easter. Um, he said that Maryland is ahead of the plan that he put in place for how many beds they have available. Hogan's brought in the National Guard, uh, and he has added 250 beds as of yesterday, which is great. Um, he's taken aggressive action in closing schools. Uh, schools are, clo are closed here until April 24th. The problem is that uh, Maryland does not have a great policy for online learning, and also a lot of these, a lot of the kids in Maryland get their meals from the school district. So trying to figure out how kids get fed um, is uh, very crucial for that. Um, he's called in the National Guard, as I said, and he's closed all businesses that are not essential. Um, the Maryland tr uh, Transportation uh, Authority is a uh, limiting number of trips for their drivers because in Maryland, for some reason, the big delivery drivers don't get any equipment. They don't get any kind of uh, protection, which seems crazy to me. I guess, I mean, I, obviously doctors and nurses need it, but if you have a driver who's out there giving stuff every day to people, it feels like that, that person should also be getting some kind of uh, equipment. Um, for all those good things that he's done, uh, more steps are needed here in Maryland. People are very, very angry that he has not put in a stay-at-home or a shelter-in-place order. Because people can just deem that their business is essential and then keep their their uh, shops open. Uh, I know that there are game stops here in Maryland that are still open. And I'm sorry, but as important as video games are, a game stop is not essential business. So if you put a statewide order, a uh, stay-at-home order, rather, uh, then um, those would have to be closed. Uh, he Josh, I, I have to disagree with you. Game stops are <laughs> very, very crucial the economy you're right you're right uh hogan needs more coordination in the dmv area that's the uh dc maryland virginia area um they're all doing different things ralph northam has closed schools for the rest of the year in virginia and hogan just announced a four-week extension so that's just not helpful uh, we need to have one coordinated thing uh too many people are still out and, and about too many businesses are still open. And the biggest thing in Maryland is while our numbers are well below that of New York, we have no way of knowing how many cases there are or, or who uh, was tested. So until we figure that out, um, we do need to uh, have a stay-at-home or a shelter-in-place order from Governor Hogan.
So that is Maryland Dilsey. That was a great summary. Thank you, Josh. Um, I want to take issue with something you said that we're not going to be open by Easter. I thought churches are going to be packed. <laughs> oh God! If churches are packed by by Easter, we're this country is just never going to recover. Uh, well, they'll be packed with something, and it won't be good. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the next state we're going to cover is California, which I think is potentially a ticking time bomb. Not because we don't love California. Just because the amount of people who live in California is the most in the country. Uh, <laughs> this, so far, California has 5,683 cases with 121 deaths, including um, the first minor, I believe, who died of this, which is very unfortunate. Um, I'm just looking at... Uh, oh, yep, the death count is correct. Um, they have a shelter-at-home order, which is being followed sometimes, maybe not everywhere in the state, because California is a nice place to live. It's sunny, it's warm, and people want to be outside, and it's a California lifestyle. But people largely, I think, have done a good job, but there are definitely people who have not <laughs> done a good job staying at home. Gavin Newsom has done an excellent job. He does daily press conferences as well. He does them over Twitter, I believe, or he broadcasts them live over Twitter as well, and they are really, really good. Um, you know, we are fortunate to have good governors in our states, and um, that that accounts for a lot of a lot of things that are keeping us safe: the governor and the the amount of um, you know the job that they're doing. And um, Newsom twenty twenty four. Potentially, depends on how he gets outside uh, this crisis. I think if he does a really good job, he could, and Biden either wins and does one term, you know, he could be a potential Democratic nominee. A governor of the largest state has proven metal to get through crises. It's a, it's, a way, it's a way to get on the ticket for sure. Yeah, well, he's done a better job than Trump, that's for sure. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm big on the Gavin Newsom train. So just to put that out there, oh, I love I'm, Gavin Newsom. Jo- Josh has been on the Gavin Newsom train for a while. <laughs> it pulled into the station, said, all aboard. Josh had a ticket. He got right on. I was the first person probably on the Gavin Newsom train. I've been on the Gavin Newsom train since, you know, like 2014, probably. I mean. It was just you and Gavin for the longest man, time. It, it was. It was. And I still haven't gotten that call Just to you. I'm a little pissed that he still hasn't called me. But it's okay. Um, He's been busy. He's been busy. <laughs> He's dealing with, with a crisis. Next he up knows you. is uh, state of Washington. So Washington, uh, Washington State, where the whole coronavirus uh, started, the outbreak initiated there, they currently have 4,310 cases and 189 deaths. Um, poor Jay Inslee. Uh, after uh, bowing out of the presidential primary very, very early on, Inslee's been uh, hit hard in his home state of Washington. Uh, Trump has called Inslee a snake. And said that he leveled out at zero for president. That's what, that's, that's, that's what you want the president to do. You want the president to call a governor of a hard-hit state a snake and that he leveled out at zero for a president. That's just – that's what you want from Good. In yeah. the middle of a crisis. Very good. Uh, it was the previous uh, epicenter uh, before New York took over. Um, they had, I said, the re- retirement community outbreak. It seems recently that they've been able to get a slight improvement uh, in both curbing uh, their personal uh, um, curve as, as well as getting more testing out there. Um, it was bad for a while. Things have improved recently, which is positive for them. Um, we, we wish people in Washington uh, the best and hopeful that they're able to get their uh, coronavirus under uh, containment. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope so, too, because that would be a really good model for... I feel like Washington is a really... Between Washington and California, those are really good models of how a lot of the country are in terms of the... There's a big urban area, and then there's a lot of suburbs, and then there are some there's a lot of rural areas, and I feel like if you get it right in those states, you can have a model that could be used for most of the country, unlike New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, which are very... I mean, New York, you have downstate, which is where the city and the suburbs are. And New Jersey, you have a lot of suburban communities. So you have a lot more density in those states. But I feel like in Washington, you have and you have a really good divide of like where your density is and where your suburbs and rural areas are. So that could be something to look out for. Um, all, you know, we're going to go through a bunch of other states right now, just give you a summary. The first one is Florida. Um, Florida, as we said in the, in the other section of the podcast, Florida is getting supplies. Um, it's being slow on response. Beaches are still being closed um, right now after the dragging of people who don't want to lose economic opportunity. And it's like, hello, you're going to lose way more than economic opportunity if you don't close your thing right now. Um, you know, it could be disaster. Florida has a lot of elderly elderly population, and this could be really bad for them, including my, my grandparents who live in Florida um, with a lot of el- other elderly people. And... Imagine just one person gets it in that community, and they go out in their community centers. I mean, this is this could be really bad. Um, and it's saying that they're importing cases from New, Jer- New York and New Jersey, which I'm sure they are. But honestly, like as I said before, they are just not doing enough testing. They've had ha- they've had have had cases, but are not doing enough testing to know where it is, and they're just they're 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 making this a political thing by saying new new york and new jersey people are importing it no they've had cases there before i'm sure some people from new york and new jersey maybe have had it but i mean honestly it's just it it's not even logical to like it doesn't even help the situation right (laughs) you can you can quarantine people from new york and new jersey but someone from as we were talking about coming from california or texas could have it equally as well but we're not doing testing so we have no effing idea so it's really just stupid um florida uh, currently has 4038 cases and 56 deaths so think about the number of cases compared to washington given that washington got it a lot earlier than than florida uh it's pretty alarming so that means it's spreading pretty quickly um and people are not washing their hands they're just not (laughs) at this point um the top 10 states in the united states New York, who have coronavirus cases. New York, New Jersey, California, Michigan, Washington, Massachusetts, Florida, Illinois, Louisiana, and Pennsylvania. All right. Welcome to week two of Life Under Lockdown. This is a a section of the podcast where we like to, uh, you know, check in with you guys. See how you're doing. How you're doing with the quarantine. Hills, question for you about your life under lockdown. Craziest food. <laughs> it's a good question. So I have two answers for you. One of them is not very crazy, but it is for me personally. The other one may be a little bit crazy. Uh, the less crazy thing is I've started eating avocados. I've just, I don't, I never really liked or disliked avocados. I just didn't eat them. Um, but I've started eating them more. So um, it's not crazy. Just change for me, which is personal. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the craziest thing, I, the other thing is I bought ground flaxseed. So flaxseed is apparently really good for you, or at least that's what blogs say. 
Um, so I bought ground flaxseed and I've been sprinkling it in my yogurt and I've been putting it on my salads too. Um, it tastes it tastes like a little bit nutty, but um, you know, other than that, I really haven't eaten anything weird. <laughs> it's been pasta, chicken, pesto, nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you eaten anything weird? Um, I don't know if I consider it weird, um, but I had uh, twice under lockdown. I've had uh, beans and and hot dogs. Um, and I had hot dogs with no buns. You don't have hot dog buns, which has been odd, but it actually tastes really good. <laughs> and, it, and it's a little weird because uh, my wife, uh, Jessica, she suggested it. And I was like, really? You think that'd be a good dinner? And we, we've had it twice. So um, it's good. And it's, it's, it's cheap. And you, you can find uh, some for, sort of beans um, at, at the store, I was able to get mine early on. I don't know if you can still find it, but hopefully, if you can find beans, they stay good for a long time and they're cheap. And hot dogs are are easy to freeze. Uh, not the healthiest thing, but I don't think anyone's too worried about health uh, during the coronavirus. Where's my invite to dinner, Josh? <laughs> uh, Hills, I invited you a couple of times, and you just uh, I just don't see the uh, the RSVP button. You just never <laughs> RSVP. So well. Uh... Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I I might try that too. Uh, it sounds, yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I got you. Got to go to dinner at the Hicks house, as 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 evident. Um, Josh, have you watched anything good lately? Ooh, I am so glad that you asked this question. Uh, so recently, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, Shit's Creek on Netflix, which is fantastic. Uh, it's a very good mindless show that you can put on for 20 minutes. And as you all know, with Netflix, you know, you don't really have time to get to that stop watching button. So just kind of, it's like a four, three, two, one, here's the next episode. So I think we started, God, I think we started earlier this week and we've gone through three seasons already. So, uh, very, very good. The other thing that's been, uh, taking the nation by storm is Tiger King. Um, which is really just bonkers. It's it's really just the craziest thing I've ever uh, even heard about. Um, the best summary I can give for you is it's about three different people, at least three different people, who run a uh, a big exotic cat show or a zoo of some kind, uh, and all three are terrible people. Uh, and there's like murder involved. There's cults involved. It's it's really just the craziest thing I I, I think I've ever watched. So uh, Tiger King and Shit's Creek are the two things that I've been watching recently. Shit's Creek is good. Tiger King is I wouldn't describe it as good. It's just insane. I think it's the best way to put it. Um, how about you, Hills? Anything good that you've watched lately? Yeah, I, J- Josh has told me about Tiger King, and I didn't know it was a. Uh, national phenomenon until recently so um and i will tell you on the netflix button they made it much more they made it much quicker i remember in the past they gave you like 10 seconds so you were able to like click away they give you about three or four seconds it like (laughs) you cannot get to the remote fast enough to stop and kudos to them i they found something that works um uh i have been watching uh johanna and i have been watching superstore on nbc which is another good mindless show. It's kind of like The Office, but like in a Walmart ish. It's so it's it's fun. It's fun. They have it's usually like the little lines that like they have little like one off lines that are just gold. 
Um, America Ferrara is the star in the in the show. The other thing that I've been watching personally, if you like historical drama fiction ish, um, Netflix also has a show called Medici about the Medi- Medici family in Florence. Um, it has a couple of Game of Thrones stars in it. Richard Madden, who plays Rob Stark, is in season one, and Sean Bean, who plays um, oh god, um, Ned Stark, is in season two and I think three. So um, I've been watching a little bit of that. Um, it's good. It's not. It's not the best show I've ever watched. Um, I don't like how they introduce some of the plot and the characters, but I do like the historical nature of it, and it's been relatively entertaining. So. Um, you know, I will watch Shit's Creek though. I, everyone has told me I needed to watch it, so I feel like that's that's on the on the table. You should also watch T- Tiger King, Elsie, because I'm just telling you, you. I mean, for, for anyone out there, I was very skeptical about T- Tiger King, but for anyone out there, just watch. I mean, really watch one episode, and you will be instantly hooked. Instantly hooked. I watched one episode around like nine thirty. Got through three episodes last night. Just How long are each episode? Forty-five minutes. Oh boy! I'll and there play. are and there are only seven episodes, so um, it's it's bonkers, and I can't recommend it enough. In, in the time of coronavirus, when things seem just terrible, it reminds me that there are people out there that are horrible people, and it's it's somewhat comforting. Well, we we gave you uh, some food to eat. We gave you some shows to watch, and now we are going to launch you into a sweet dessert about the CARES Act. Everyone, you made it to your dessert today, and we're going to be talking about the CARES Act, a multi-trillion dollar uh, package that just passed Congress. That is the name of it. It's called the CARES Act, the C-A-R-E-S Act. I actually don't know what it stands for. It probably has some acronym that uh, probably doesn't really make that much sense. Anyway, uh, so what was in this big thing? You told that the, the Trump just signed it. It was going to help Americans. So we're going to go into a couple of points of you know what it actually does for people. Number one, the government will send direct payments to of up to $1,200 for individuals and $2,400 for uh, couples and $500 per child under the age of 17. So um, I guess they're basing this off of your income um, of your last previously filed tax return. So if you didn't file this year and you've made less uh, and under, you know, and they, they cut it, they kind of cap it off at $75,000. So, uh, and they completely phase it out around $100,000. So if you made uh, less last year and um, make more now, but you didn't file your taxes, you might be getting the full 1200 or at least somewhat part of the 1200 So uh, not it's not much, I mean, but for people, I mean, with rent payments going on continuously, it will help, but won't do that much for people, to be honest with you. <laughs> so... Um, it's really for people making a hundred under a hundred thousand dollars. It's some it's some help, not a lot, but some. Uh, number two, it provides extra unemployment payments. Uh, uh, there is a two hundred sixty billion estimated cost. Um, you know of the people, you know, extra of people filing for unemployment benefits. It gives people another six hundred dollars a week. So 
you know, unemployment uh, is is not helpful for is helpful a little bit to most people. But now everyone who gets unemployment will get another six hundred bucks a week. Um, uh, so that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money and will help. Of course, Democrats ask for that, not Republicans, because Republicans hate people. <laughs> Number three, insurance coverage. It requires all private insurance companies to cover COVID-19 treatments and vaccines and make and makes all coronavirus tests free. No brainer, uh, but now it puts it into law that insurance companies can't do any of the bullshit. So number four, there are lots of oversight. So there's a $500 billion fund for bailouts here. It's just like a one, you know, big corporations. There's just one fund and the administration can dole out what it wants. Before there was no oversight. No one could do, no one can, you know, Trump could use it for his businesses. Trump could use it to pay off his cronies. Uh, supporters who own businesses now um democrats got um got a lot of restrictions on it none of trump's businesses can benefits from it also provides an independent auditor and watchdog and congress can ask for any of the records from treasure the treasury department of where the money was spent so you know still not great that the trump administration can use it for however it wants but there's some uh, some oversight on it that can be used in the future so maybe it helps deter bad behavior Although those, uh, um, Trump did say this morning that he was not going to comply with all of the oversight of the $500 billion bailout. That makes no sense because <laughs> doesn't he have to? It's in the law. Like, I don't know uh, how we can win off that. He, he said he wasn't right. going to. So that's just awesome. Um, well, last... uh, there's more in here. So Josh, yeah. take it away. Yeah, I'll take it away. Um, this bill provides uh, an, uh, enhanced unemployment benefits for uninsured uh, people, and it makes unemployment insurance available to non-traditional uh, employees, which is good. Uh, it benefits uh, for the student loan borrower's uh, deferred uh, payment, a principal, and, and interest for all federally owned student loans through September 30th, uh, uh, 2020. So... Um, that's good uh, for anyone who has uh, federally owned student loans. Although, although it doesn't help everyone, but uh, if your loans have been been borrowed or bought out, but if you if they're federally owned, it does uh, grant some relief to you. Uh, the small business loan is three hundred and seventy seven billion, which is great for small businesses, uh, trying to keep them afloat. Um, while uh, this is all going on. And the last thing is help for the state. It provides $339 billion, which sounds like a lot, but it's just not enough for some of these big states. All the states are getting, what, like around $1.5 at least. But like, yeah, uh, at least. But Governor Cuomo just said like $1.5 or $3 billion is not enough for New York. So um, that's some, but it's definitely not, not enough for some really – big states and some really hard hit states yeah i think that's exactly right and uh pelosi says that she wants to go back and make another bill which with which has more aid and everything but i doubt republicans are going to want to do that well so, mitch mcconnell yeah. said that he, he's not coming back into the uh, state capitol until may or april so this is what we have mitch mcconnell now. man everyone vote him out please please vote him out um, I'm I'm gonna put the, the there's a good really good NPR article which details all the the things that are in this so I'm gonna link that into the show notes too but you know this this money will help it's not everything but at least the government is trying to stimulate it's trying to the economy you know obviously when you shut things down everything is gonna 
go under, right? So it's trying to basically, like, you're falling out of a window, and instead of falling onto the concrete, <laughs> you have, like, a, at least some sort of cushion, maybe a trampoline, maybe right maybe maybe a very comfy bed. Not necessarily the, the thing that you want underneath if you're falling out the window, like a big thing, a tarp, but it's better than nothing. It's better than going headfirst into the concrete. Uh, you can believe that. So um, I hope that was sweet for you. You know, I hope that gave you a little bit more hope that there is some help on the way for you personally and for people. Um, you know, all said and done, we're probably going to be looking at a third bill at some point because the economy is going to be contracting so much just because you need it to in order to combat this virus. And I think people misunderstand that, like, yes, the economy needs the economy needs to function, but also, like, the sooner we get this done, the sooner we go back to normal. Like that simple yeah absolutely uh by the way the cares act stands for the coronas the, the coronavirus aid relief and economic security act so who thought of it, that i don't know who, who even knows but anyway that is what it stands for help is on the way for you guys at some point hopefully and if you were stuck by the uh pre-dinner shot the answer is on the way for you coming up next All right, everyone, your pre-dinner shot answer. So let's refresh around the question. The question was, how much more is the CARES Act that just passed Congress than that of the original approved value of the Troubled Asset Relief Fund passed in response to the 2008 financial crisis? Okay. So how much more is the bill that just got passed than the TARP bill in 2008? The answer is 1.5... Uh, trillion dollars more. Uh, the the CARES Act is two point two trillion dollars, or about that much. The TARP fund, which was one of the biggest things authorized in history up to that point, was authorized for seven hundred billion dollars. So that was a huge thing, right? Seven hundred billion dollars. Um, but in actuality, the TARP Act. Uh, fun fact: only spent about four hundred seventy-five billion and got back around almost as much as it spent. So it actually was cost neutral almost at the end of the day. But anyway, the CARES Act is one point five trillion dollars more um, than than the TARP fund. So it's a humongous, humongous, humongous bill that just passed yeah, Congress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is just huge and it's appropriate it's you know uh it's it should not be the last bill that congress passes under this crisis but it was definitely definitely much needed um hills anything else before we uh, go well it was a corona filled <laughs> podcast so i think you can right. take it away josh well before you go a few brief messages uh, intro and outro is done by brett Hills- hillsburg if you enjoy, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. It really helps us out. Tell your friends to listen, and if you can, share this episode on social media. If you have any questions, you can email us at threecoursepolitics at gmail.com. And don't forget to go to vote.org to check your voter registration. Even though we're in a coronavirus, it's still important to make sure that you register to vote in, the, in 2020 so you can get these goons out of office. Get the get goons, the goons out. out. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay safe. Bye, everybody.